Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis. We're in our new series named Great, Greater, Greatest Go, where each week we dive into God's word and see what it has to say about being the greatest. Our hope and prayer is that God uses this message to speak to you in a very real way. We hope you enjoy week four. But the first weeks of our GOAT series, uh, we talked about the Great Commission, which is before Jesus, uh, Jesus died, was buried, rose again, came back and talked to people, showed himself to people, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people. And before he ascended into heaven, he said, hey, I'm going to send you out. And it's called the Great Commission. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything and observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I will be with you. We talked about that the first week. Second week, Randy talked about something that was, that Jesus said was greater. The Bible says is greater. He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Kind of talked about what that meant. And then last week, David talked about the greatest commandment. They said to Jesus, they said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God, love others. He said, love God is the greatest commandment, and the second is just like it, love others. Love God, love others, the greatest commandment. Tonight, we're talking about the greatest of all time, the goat. That's where we're landing tonight. I want to tell you a story, uh, and maybe you guys have, have had a moment like this, but have any of you guys ever been blamed for something you didn't do? Okay. All right. Now, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Has anybody ever been punished for something you didn't do? Okay, all right, now put your hands down. So when, when I was a little kid, um, there, was, there was like this kind of rule in our house that if you left the television and you left the remote, that if somebody else came in and got the remote, then when you came back, like you don't have control of the remote anymore. It's called remote control, right? So if you have the remote, you have control. And so if you had control of the remote, you had, you had all, all you needed, right? And so as a kid, I remember like there was one time I'm watching a show and I'm like into it and I got to go for whatever reason. I don't remember if I needed to, you know, go outside and hang out with a friend or go answer the door or go to the restaurant. I don't remember what it was. But here's what I did. Because I, had, I was one of four kids, I had three siblings. I thought, you know what, I don't want them to take the remote, and if they're looking for it when I get back and I still find it, I still have remote control, right? And so here's what I did. I took a little movie case, and we had one of those little skinny remotes, and I stuck it in that movie case, and I don't know why I stuck it in there, because here's the next thing I did. I lifted up the kind of couch cushion, like not the, not the bottom one that you sit on, but the other one, it lifted up, and I lifted it up and stuck it under there and closed it down on top of it. Okay, so I was like, there's no way they're going to find it because even if they're looking for a remote, they might check the cracks of the couch, but they're not going to check under like the side cushion, right? And so I leave and a little bit later, uh, my, my dad comes home from work and they're looking for the remote and I had forgotten to come back. And so everybody's looking for the remote. They're like, do you guys know where the remote is? Because they had been looking for a long time. A lot of people had been looking for it. Nobody knew where it was, except for I walked in while they're kind of like searching for the remote. We're at the point where they're starting to get a little frustrated, right? And here's what happened. I knew exactly where it was, but you know what? If I walk over and I go, oh, it's right here because I hid it, what does that mean? I'm going to get in trouble, right? 
And so what I did was I kind of started looking and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Let's check the cushions. You know, I'm, good. I'm doing one of those kind of things, like pretending to look, knowing where it is at all times and waiting until everybody looks away so I can grab the remote out from under the cushion. So finally I get to this moment, everybody's kind of looking other ways and I pull it up and I pull out the remote and I go, here it is. But my dad saw where I got it from. And he goes, Did you just pulled that out from under that, that cushion? And he goes, and I said, I said, yeah, it was, it was under here. And he goes, did you put it there? And I said, no, no. And so my dad now looks at my older brother and older sister, who are the only other two that would have done something like that. And he says, who put that under there? And of course, my brother and sister are like, it wasn't me. And I'm sitting there like, you know, just zip my mouth, not saying a word. So my dad's starting to get frustrated because now somebody's lying to him, right? But because I found it and I was so shocked, he for some reason believed me. I don't know why. So here's what happens. So now he's talking to my older brother and my older sister, and he's like, which one of you did this? And back, you know, when I grew up in, uh, in, in our household, like you'd get a spanking if you lied, right? And so he'd say, I'm going to give you guys a spanking if you don't tell me the truth. Somebody needs to tell me the truth. And so I watched, I kid you not, I watched while my brother and sister got a spanking for lying about something I did and lied about. And I sat there and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting there like crying, like, no, this shouldn't happen. I was like, dad, I lied. No, I didn't do that. I like, I was like, yes, I'm so glad that's not me. <laughs> and they never knew. Like I, I told my sister this, like within the last year, she's like, I don't remember that, but how sick are you to watch us get punished for what you did, right? And that was a moment like I will never, ever, ever forget. Because I knew 100% of the way I deserved what they were getting. I deserved the punishment that they were getting. I want to read you a passage of scripture. We're going to look at one passage of scripture, just three verses tonight for just a couple of minutes. Romans 5, chapter 6, verse 8. Here's what it says, starting in verse 6. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ what? For who? The ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Here's what it says. Listen to this very carefully. You can read it. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While you and I were still sinners, it says God demonstrates his love to you and to me that while you and I were still sinners, Jesus died for you and for me. So I want you to think for just a moment about a couple things. I want you to think about acts of love. Like what would be a good demonstration of love? Now most of you got dying. Yeah. Yeah, I love you. Like, uh, no, like that's not necessarily true, right? But what would be a good demonstration of love? Um, a lot of people don't know this, but um, when I, uh, I don't ever tell this, I don't know if I've ever told this story. Um, but when, when I decided I was going to marry my wife, uh, I, I wanted to propose to her and I bought a ring and all this kind of stuff and she didn't know what was going on and I planned a date. And so I planned this really special date. 
And here's what I did. I, I, I said, hey, I'll be there to pick you up at this time. And it was like six o'clock or whatever. And I said, I'll be there to pick you up at six o'clock. So six o'clock rolls around and the doorbell rings and she goes to the door and it's not me. It's one of our friends who was her roommate. And her friend hands her a rose that has a little note attached to it. And the note says, hey, uh, I'll see you in a little bit. Have fun. Something along the lines of have fun remembering some of my favorite memories. And so then my friend, our friend, drives her to uh, another place and there's uh, some other people at this place. Um, and she went to a couple different places. One place she went was the house that I lived in and my sister was there. My sister handed her a rose and it had a little note about why I, I loved spending time with her at the place. I lived with a couple other guys and, and we'd come over and eat lunch together like in between classes because we were in college at the time. And it had a little note about that. And then another place she got to go was she had four girls that she uh, discipled and she mentored and spent a lot of time with that were a little bit younger. And, and they handed her a rose and it talked about how we had this amazing time. One time the fountain got like people put bubbles in the fountain and all that kind of stuff. And so like we pulled out the bubbles one time as one of our early dates. We were just like at the end of a date, we just went out there and we were like trying to make shapes like you do with clouds. Like you look at clouds, you're like, oh, look. And we try to make shapes out of bubbles. It was stupid, right? But I loved her and so it was so much fun. And so like that was a memory. And then uh, she went to another place and it was uh, a girl who was her accountability partner. And it was a place on our campus, there was a cross on our campus and her and I would go and talk and we'd pray together. And, and her accountability partner handed her a rose with a note on it. And then uh, my friend took her into town and into Oklahoma City uh, a little bit uh, further away from our campus. And she went to the place where we had our first dance. We had set up a dance when we were freshmen. Me and one of my buddies set up a dance with a bunch of our friends. And her and I had our first dance on this little patio, uh, this little deck outside. And her uh, best friend, uh, a couple of her friends were there. And her best friend, one maid of honor, ended up being the maid of honor, handed her a rose and had a little note about that. And then, uh, then she finally got to come and she was blindfolded. And she got to come to where I was. And I was out, there was this lake, big lake with a gazebo out on it uh, that kind of stuck out and the gazebo was there. So I kind of lined the whole thing with, with all these candles and stuff like that um, to make it just kind of a beautiful scene, right? Um, and, and so she pulls up and she doesn't do what she's supposed to do. She doesn't walk down the little candle path that was beautiful, right? She kind of walks to the side. But it was an amazing, you know, just a cool experience for me because I got to spend a lot of time planning something to demonstrate my love. And of course, I got down on my knee and I said, you know, I love you, will you marry me? There's a little bit more to it. But I said, I love you, will you marry me? And the first time she said no, but then, no, I'm just kidding. She said yes. <laughs> you guys are like, what? No, uh, she, she said yes. But, um, but here's the thing, like when I think back on, on some of the things that I've done to show and demonstrate my love for my wife, um, there's sometimes I've gotten it really wrong. And there's sometimes I've actually, I think I've gotten it right. And that was one of those times that like I put in a lot of effort. I thought a lot about it. I involved a lot of people because I really was desperately in love with my wife and I wanted to marry her. And so I put this big plan into place to let her know how much I loved her, to let her know how special she was to me, to let her know that I wanted to be in a marriage relationship with her that I wanted to take our dating relationship to a completely different level. And so I demonstrated my love for her by doing a lot of those things. Now, I gotta be honest, I, th I think there's a lot of times I get it wrong, but I feel like that was a pretty good 
demonstration of love. But this passage we're talking about today talks about the way God demonstrates his love for us. And I might've had a good demonstration of love, but God's demonstration of love was the greatest of all time. The greatest you will ever see his demonstration of love because it says God demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now here's the thing that's so interesting. When I was proposing to my wife, I knew she loved me too, right? And so I'm, I'm demonstrating my love for her. And one of the beauties of our relationship was that we desperately loved each other. We deeply loved each other. And so when I'm demonstrating my love, I know that she's going to receive my demonstration of love. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love for you and for me, that he sent his son Jesus to die a death that you deserved when you were at your worst. When you were at your worst. So don't think of it in the same demonstration of love, like, oh, you know, I love you and you love me. And even like we talked about death, you know, what's a good demonstration of love? Somebody's like, you die, right? But you die for somebody you love. You're like, oh, I love you. And it's like Romeo and Juliet, and we're gonna die together. You know, like that kind of thing, because we love each other. No, 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 this was us saying, God, I wanna do my own thing. I wanna go my own way. I'm not interested in what you have to do. I'm gonna do my own thing, my own way, live my own life. And God says, you know what? Even though you're running away from me. I love you and I'm going to pursue you. And here's what I'm going to do. The Bible talks about that the punishment for sin is death. Because here's what we do. We, we leave our source of life. The one who breathed life into us, we leave our source of life. We choose to go our own way. And the punishment, the result is that God, out of his love for us, allows us to choose. He's not going to force you to do anything. And so he says, you know what, if you want to run, it's not what's best for you, it's not what I want for you, but if you want to run away from me, I'll allow it. But I want, you, I want you to know I'm gonna pursue you. Because of my love for you, I'm gonna continue to pursue you. And so even when we went our own way and the punishment for going our own way ultimately results in death, look at me, students. Hey guys, look right here. Even though all of us chose to be separated from God, chose death, chose separation from him. God doesn't go, okay, well, if that's what you choose, there you go. No, he demonstrated his love, the greatest demonstration of love of all time, the greatest of all time, was he says, you deserve death. That's what you deserve. That's what I deserve. That's what you deserve by our choices to choose to go our own way, to do our own thing, even though God's written it on our hearts to be in, in relationship with him, to be connected with him. He says, even though that's the punishment you deserve, I'm gonna pay that price. And he says, he sent his son Jesus to die a death that you and I deserved. Now listen, I love you guys, I do. I love you guys. I've got three kids. I love my kids more. <laughs> Hope you're not offended by that. I do, I mean, I, I do. And so if I had to choose between one of you and my own children, I'm gonna choose my children. I love you, I promise, I do. But I, I, that's, that's not a trade I'm gonna make. But God demonstrates his love for you and that while you were at your worst, Christ died for you. You know, the Bible talks about and tells us the story, history tells us that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, not just, a, not just a nice, easy death, not a simple death, not a painless death, no, the worst kind of death you could ever die after already being scourged and whipped and torn apart, 
body bleeding, his face disfigured where they said he was barely recognizable as a man. That's the kind of death that he died for you and for me. And here's the picture. That God loved you so much that when he was hanging on the cross, there were people that were spitting at him. There were people that were mocking him, making fun of him. And you know what he said? He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Even in that moment, he said, "I'm, I'm doing this for you. They were spitting at him, mocking him. And he said, you know, I'm still doing it for you. When you were at your worst, when I was at my worst, the Bible says, in the greatest of all time, the greatest act of love, the greatest demonstration of love of all time, says Jesus died for you and me. Now think about the greatest trade of all time. Now I've got a, my wife brought this, um, and I would talk about the goat. When I, was a, when I was a kid growing up, I actually got to watch Michael Jordan play basketball. And this is a book of basketball cards. My goal was to collect every basketball card that was ever made of Michael Jordan. And I got pretty stinking close. Okay, so this is, this is literally like an entire book, all Michael Jordan. And you see a couple empty, pay, uh, empty sheets, all Michael Jordan. That's all it is. I loved watching Michael Jordan play. I didn't like him because I was a jazz fan and the Bulls beat the jazz in the, in the finals a couple times, but you know what? He was the greatest. And so I wanted to collect his cards, but here's what happened. Uh, there was a time whenever I was in middle school and I'd been collecting these cards that somebody had uh, an early card. It wasn't quite a rookie card, but almost a rookie card of Michael Jordan. And I was like, I don't believe you have that. He's like, yeah, I have it. And I said, how much for it? And this kid in middle school showed me the card and said, I'll give it to you for $15. So here's what I did. I went home and the next day I went, that, that night I went home and the next day I showed up and I gathered all my money. I showed up and I gave him my money. Do you want to know how I gave it to him? Pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters. That's it. $15. I had a bag of money because that's all I had. I didn't have like dollar bills. I, I like scrounged up change. I probably stole some from my parents, but I gave him $15. And I look back on my life, I'm like, that was one of the greatest trades I've ever made in my life. Like, I gave him a bag of coins. How annoying is that? He had to walk around, you know, cha-ching, cha-ching, through the rest of school, like the rest of the day. He couldn't, I remember him taking it from me. It was this little white bag. And he, I remember him taking it from me and going. And I was like, hey, bro, it's $15. That's what you said. And that's, that's what I did. I made the trade. I was like, I'll give that up. Happily give that up. I made that day, I made a great trade. Some of you in this room, you've made great trades in your life. But do you want to know when it comes to trades, which one is the greatest of all time? It's this moment. It says, Christ, Jesus died for you. The greatest trade of all time. Look at me. You deserve death. And he said, hey, why don't you take death that you deserve and you currently own? You own death. He said, I want you to take that and I have life, not just life, but life to the full, life eternal, because you've got death moving toward death eternal. That's where you're headed. 
He says, I've got life and life eternal. And here's what I'll do. I will take this life that I have and I will trade it for your death. That's the greatest of all time. When it comes to trades, that's the greatest of all time, that you and I can trade the death that we deserve, the death that we're living, when we're separated from God, when we don't have a relationship with him, by turning our lives over to Jesus, we make that exchange, and he makes that exchange with us, and we get to walk away with life to the full and life eternal. And he had to take our death. God demonstrated his love for you and for me and that while we were still sinners, when we were at our worst, the greatest demonstration of love of all time, the greatest of all time, now we get to make that trade of death for life, the greatest trade of all time. And then the last thing, when you watch television, when you're online, anywhere you go, everywhere you go, everybody has an offer for you. Everybody has an offer. Hey, if you'll just, it only costs this much money. You can get this, you can have this, you can have all these things, but it only costs you X number of dollars. Hey, you can have popularity. It only costs you this. It'll only cost you this. You can have all these things. And here's what it's called. It's called marketing. Happens in your schools, not just with advertisements. It happens with your friends. That you begin to think that if, if I do certain things, if I do this, then I'm going to receive this on the backside. This is the offer that I have. And you might look at some things, you might say, you know what, that's a great offer. That's a pretty good deal. When it comes to the offer, the greatest offer of all time is that trade that Jesus offers to make for you and for me. Or here's what he says. He says, if you turn your life to me, I'll take that death that you deserve. I've already paid it anyways. That debt that you owed of death, I've already paid it. He's already paid it. Jesus has already paid that death. He says, here's what I'll do. I will take that away from you. Instead of you spending forever separated from, from me in hell, I'm gonna take that away because I've already paid it. And if you'll just trust in me, if you'll surrender your life to me, then here's what I'll do. I'll give you life to the full. I'll give you life eternal. And he offers us the opportunity to make the greatest trade of all time. Some of you have never made that decision. You're gonna have an opportunity tonight to make the greatest trade of all time. To receive the greatest demonstration of love of all time.